0: Before we get to our prologue, we're going to do something that we hardly ever do because hardly anybody ever wants to do promo swaps with us until now. Take a listen to this show called Weird Darkness. And while you're at it, check out their show at weirddarkness.com. Welcome, Weirdos. I'm Taron Marlar, the host of Weird Darkness, where I bring you true stories of the paranormal, supernatural, legends, lore, crime, conspiracy, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. Named one of the 20 best storytellers in podcasting by Podcast Business Journal, and ranked one of the best true crime and paranormal podcasts by Podcast Magazine. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness, found everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you happen to be a podcast that wants to get their word out while at the same time you want to help us get our word out, we're open for promo swaps if you want to do that. Feel free to contact us at telehealthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll send you a promo if you send us a promo. I believe that's how promo swaps work. Keep in mind, though, we only have a couple episodes left in this season, so the space is limited. And now, on to the subject. In an effort to help us save as much time as we possibly can on this prologue, here now is an incomplete history of the Fox network that we have mentioned in previous episodes. Yes, this is pretty much an excuse to do a clip show, but at least there's context involved. And also because of flashbacks, you're going to be hearing this sound effect a lot. <laughs> Good evening. This is the 10 o'clock news. I'm Steve Powers. And today, confirmation of the largest single broadcast station transaction in history. It's part of an even bigger deal involving more than $2 billion and the sale of seven Metro Media stations, including this one, Channel 5, to media mogul Rupert Murdoch. Contrary to popular belief, the Fox network may have premiered in April of 1987, but it was actually conceived in May of 1985 when Rupert Murdoch bought a chain of independent TV stations in an effort to turn them into the flagship affiliates of what would eventually become America's fourth broadcast network, if you don't count its forerunner, Dumont. By the spring of 1986, those affiliates went through a rigorous rebranding and unification process that would turn them from independent TV stations to the charter members of what was first known as the Fox Broadcasting Company, or FBC for short. From that spring to later on that fall, the affiliates would let its longtime audiences know that something new was on the horizon, even though it didn't really have much of a plan at that moment, save for what they thought was a blockbuster coup. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Smith! Miss- When the yet-to-premiere 4th Network announced that it hired the legendary Joan Rivers to be the host of their first program, a late-night talk show, a number of seismic waves developed that garnered interest and ruined friendships. Now, Because this is a story that's really too densely layered to tell here, we'll cut a long story short and say that while the Fox Network came out with guns blazing, The late show with Joan Rivers barely lasted a year, and through a series of mismanagements, bad timing, and even worse replacements, the young Fox network realized that perhaps they bolted out of the gate too soon, and perhaps they needed to boost their primetime profile a little first before grabbing the bull by the horns in Late Night. And so they did from 1987 to about 1992. Slowly but surely, the Fox network made its presence known. Despite airing shows that the so-called traditional broadcast networks wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, Fox actually managed to make a name for itself in its early years. Not just as the network for young people, but one with a growing list of affiliates, which, thanks to them originally being independent ones, was actually making more money on their syndicated rerun lineups than in prime time itself. Still though, the network didn't quite feel complete. It's hard to imagine in this day and age, but once upon a time during the Fox network's infancy, they had just as hard a time trying to find new shows to put on their fledgling schedules as they did simply keeping them on the air, or at least that was the case until the spring of 1990 when these guys showed up. To tell the story of how former Tracy Ullman filler segment The Simpsons turned the Fox Network into a full-fledged network would take far too long to tell on a podcast that glorifies success. We don't do that around here. But for the purposes of this story, it's hard to understate just how important the arrival of The Simpsons was for the then three-year-old TV network. Thanks to the ratings it was pulling in on Sunday nights... Fox not only became a force to be reckoned with, but it also made the development season for the fall of 1990 a little more tantalizing. Suddenly, a higher caliber of star wanted to have a show on a network that suddenly had the biggest hit on television. A hit so big that Fox wound up taking The Simpsons from Sunday nights to Thursday nights in the fall of 1990 to try and be the death blow to a certain comedian's career without the use of courtrooms decades later. But with The Simpsons putting Thursday nights in its crosshairs. That meant that the network's Sunday lineup of 1990 would have a hole to fill. Now, granted, Sunday nights in 1990 had a lot of heavy hitters and fresh starters. Fox did face a bit of an uphill battle, but not without heavy hitters of its own. Of course, you have the long established Married with Children holding things down thanks to some newfound Think of the Children esque publicity. But what about the show that would take over The Simpsons at 8 p.m.? The winner of this year's Emmy is. In Living Color! Not unlike The Simpsons, In Living Color was another Fox show that seemingly came out of nowhere to not only be a ratings hit, but also shock the TV world by winning an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Series in 1990. With that vote of confidence, Fox decided to put the Upstart Sketch Comedy Show in the 8 p.m. slot for Sunday nights. The night was also rounded out with shows that skewed towards the younger folks. <laughs> A TV network that's as young as Fox is, even in this day and age, is bound to make a number of mistakes as part of its growing pains en route to becoming a network on par with its peers. Of course, when it comes to the Fox network, there's a fine line between a show with critical acclaim and a show destined for the compost heap. And the network has put on its fair share of both over the years that lasted one season or less. (laughs) Thanks to recently acquiring the rights to NFL football, old CBS affiliates, and back then, the NHL, Fox was able to transform itself from TV's red-headed stepchild into at the very least a bantamweight in the fight for TV ratings. However, aside from a sudden glut of shows with titles like World's Blankiest Blank filling up the holes in their schedule, the network was starting to see some of its bigger hit shows reach the end of their runs. So, with the network trying to keep their pipeline full of shows that would appeal to a young audience, the network thought that a standard bearer of that youthful demographic would be just what they needed to being a contender among the other three networks plus cable. For reasons we don't quite understand, the network thought that Holly Shore would be their savior. (laughs) Since 1987. The Fox network was always seen as the rambunctious kid brother compared to the more traditional offerings that aired on ABC, NBC or CBS. Always trying to put on shows that the so-called traditionalists wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, the Fox network has seen its fair share of boundary breaking over the years. From its first hits with Married with Children, 21 Jump Street, Tracy Ullman, and The Simpsons, to its current state of dominance thanks to increased sports and news coverage over the decades, the network spent most of its early years trying to prove to everybody that no ideas were bad ones. Of course, as is the case in just about any walk of life, for every success one faces, there's bound to be a failure that counterbalances everything. We've just got to accept the fact that Fox has to make room for terrific shows like Dark Angel, Titus, Undeclared, Action, That 80s Show, Wonder Falls, Fast Lane, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, Skin, Girls Club, Cracking Up, The Pits, Firefly, Get Real... Freaky Links, Wanda at Large, Costello, The Lone Gunman, A Minute with Stan Hooper, Normal Ohio, Pasadena, Harsh Realm, Keen Eddie, The Street, American Embassy, Cedric the Entertainer, The Tick, Louie, and Greg the Bunny. Trust us. We could do an entire spin-off series of Fox failures if we wanted to. And those shows were just from this century alone. But for the sake of not counting our brain cells as they die one by one, let's talk about a different kind of failure. Obviously, we left out some significant details. Like we said, this was an incomplete history. But there is a point. Unlike our two previous theme months, the Fox network looks as though it's here to stay. But, like all TV networks on the air currently, theirs is a story that has yet to be fully told. Therefore, the intention of our next theme month is not going to be to fill those gaps in time, but rather to showcase some of the forgotten, which we will do next week as we present... Fox. 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 Fox 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 Hi, I'm Foxy the Network Fox Inviting you to join me for a wonderful Fox program Brought to you in full-fledged a Fox. It's Fox Failure February Hell.